a meeting of President Trump's business advisors, Donald Trump referred to Apple CEO Tim Cook as, well, see for yourself. You've really uh, put a big investment in our country. We appreciate it very much, Tim Apple. <laughs> I think I'm done. I think that's it. I think I'm out. I mean, that's it. I did. He called Tim Cook Tim Apple. <laughs> and I guarantee you this means that Trump calls himself Donald President. All right. It's not that funny. Yeah. It's mildly amusing. That's what you get when you import fat Brits to do your comedy. Huh? Huh? Taking them jobs Americans would do. Right. So LeBron. Check his papers. LeBron James Make passed. him fill out the census. What? <laughs> LeBron James passed Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list last night. Is he now in third or fourth? Uh, I think he's in fourth now. So you got your, uh, you got your uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the top. Yeah. Then you got your Carl Malone. Carl Malone? Carl Malone never, Malone uh, never got there. No? It's a shame. And I think LeBron never got be, a ring either. I think LeBron might be third now. No, he's fourth. Behind is Wilt still up there? No, Wilt is sixth. Okay. So give us the list. What are you holding out for? I like guessing games. Uh Kobe Bryant is third with thirteen hundred uh, or no, that's games played. Where's his points? Oh, you suck. Oh, well, yeah. Boo! Boo! You're first <laughs> in screwing up. Boo! Uh thirty three thousand <laughs> points to LeBron James, thirty two thousand. That didn't tell us who the top so four are. So what are the top you four? Had, you had him right. Kareem oh, okay. Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant was the one you missed, ah. LeBron James, then Michael Jordan. Then it was, Michael Jordan. It was just, I mentioned Kobe Bryant, but it was just too hard for you to say you had them right. That's what you didn't want to say. When did you, you mention didn't Kobe want Bryant? to acknowledge that Jack Kobe was right. Just, I'm going to listen to the podcast. How insecure are you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know why we just argued about something that doesn't matter. Um, so the Mark Zuckerberg announcement, I'm trying to comprehend it. With the Facebook, Facebook, the number two thief of data on Earth after Google. Um, if you believe that your data is, is private. He announced in like a 3,200-word post on Facebook, which is, God, you talk about TLDR. Um, that they're going to embrace privacy and private messaging, and instead of encouraging public posts, they'd focus on private and encrypted communications in which users mostly message smaller groups of people they know. I'm kind of interested in that, just because it could cut down on the incredibly annoying people virtue signaling and lecturing each other on politics on Facebook that I barely even feel, because I just glance at when my wife's zipping through it now and again, but... Yeah, it has no it's, effect on me. I uh, I do want them to stop stealing information, though, um, well, and, and selling it to people, because that has an effect on you whether you're active on Facebook or not. Well, see, that's the thing. He really emphasized that Facebook would change from being a digital town square to creating a type of digital living room where people could expect their discussions to be intimate ephemeral hmm, and secure from outsiders. I don't have that many <clears throat> ephemeral conversations. Not enough. I'm always saying that. But here's my question, though. And he, he gives lip service to privacy and all, but if if it becomes the living room more than the uh, the private thing, but he's still Facebook. He owns the living room. So is he just going to milk our private conversations from that instead? Facebook's plan, quoting the failed New York Times, <clears throat> which isn't really failed, in which the company is playing catch-up to how people are already communicating digitally, raises new questions, not the least of which is whether it can realistically pull off a privacy-focused platform. 
Uh, the company will not eradicate public sharing of proliferation. Blah, blah, blah. Facebook also faces concerns about what the change means for people's data and whether it was being anti-competitive by knitting together WhatsApp, Instagram, and Messenger with Facebook now, which historically have been separated and uh, operated autonomously. And he was vague on many details of the shift, including how long it would take to enact and whether that meant Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger would share user information and other contact details with each other. In other words, you know, you call the snake oil salesman on one thing and he produces a different shiny object and says, look here, look here, look here. And according to the experts, it's not clear at all that this is, you know, a significant move. A couple of stories from the Wall Street Journal that caught my attention. One, a two-year cyber attack linked to Iranians targeted more than 200 corporations worldwide. Every time I see these stories, it reminds me, oh, yes, cyber warfare. And we still have the big one coming at some point whether it's uh, affecting an election or shutting down a power grid or whatever. but Well, can... I know you saw that article in the Wall Street Journal about China trying to hack into our universities every single day, trying to steal our uh, naval secrets and mm-hmm. all sorts of maritime information. And, you know, as I've always said, our nation's campuses, college campuses, are lousy with Chinese spies. Yeah, uh, campuses always have been uh, lousy with spies. So I'm reading through this book. It might be the first book that I've finished in years. Wow. Because of my ruined brain thanks to the to the iPhone. But a uh, book about Kim Philby, which I've talked about a number of times, the world's greatest spy, and he was uh, spying for the Soviet Union. He was a Brit. He was part of the upper class. I and, say. And, uh, Probably and wore a monocle. Signed on in college to the communist cause, and so did a whole bunch of his friends, the famous, if you're into it, Cambridge Five, that all five recruited on the university campus of the very elite of the elite to be Spies for the freaking Soviet Union. Yeah. At the at the time when Stalin is killing millions of people and it was known, they still were okay with signing on this because the, there was it was the depression was going on, and similar to now, the whole income equality or or, or capitalism is mean thing was big on college campuses. And it was, uh, it was ripe picking. If everyone would share and we could all come together and everyone would be equal. It was right picking for... And if they won't be equal, we'll, we'll torture them and kill them. That way everybody will be equal. Communists to find these kind of soft heads on college campuses. Actually, they aren't soft heads. They were some of the smartest people that, that were in the whole country that then went and joined the premier service, the CIA and the FBI of England, and fed uh, secrets to the communists. Kim Philby, for instance, he killed, they don't know how many hundreds of people, could be thousands of people died because of information that he gave, and certainly many, many, many plans that were that were foiled. If anybody uh, was getting the least bit interested in opposing Stalin, he would out them, I'd imagine. Cuz if they came to British intelligence to say, "Hey, we want to help you out," he'd finger them, that sort of thing. It's or? mostly just he had CIA p- plans and plots. He would just he would just out, "Here's the spies. Here's the spies Great Britain has all around the country. Here's the spies they have in these countries." So mm-hmm. he, then they would be killed by those countries either. Wow. Either Hitler would kill them or Stalin would kill them or whoever. Wow. Americans included. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's pretty awful. And then his best friend for his entire life finally at the end confronted him on it. We were feeling pretty uh, strange over the fact that he had been fooled for 30 years by his closest friend, who was a communist spy the entire time. It's really interesting stuff. But my point of bringing that up is, um, yeah, college campuses are a great place to have spies because there's so many, if not America haters, at least America questioners on cal- college campuses that are uh, going to be more than willing to go along with any I, any I, of that sort of thing. I'd call them America haters. 
I think it's healthy to question your country. Keep it on the state and straight and narrow. It's like it's like anything. You know, it's your family, yourself, your own behavior, your golf game. You have to police yourself. That's fine. But it's when it degenerates into this idiotic America hating that it bothers me. You know, these people are really intelligent, though. And it's finally, I think I finally have the right metaphor. It's the only way I can understand the world. I don't know. My brain's broke. But, you know, I, I spent so long trying to make the basketball team in school before I realized it. I realized I just have no talent. Um, but to me, intelligence and wisdom are as separate as being able to dribble with your right hand and your left hand. You can be as intelligent as can be. And if you lack wisdom, you're dangerous. And so, yeah, there are a lot of really smart people in the world who lack wisdom and they're dangerous. You got this Marxist professor who says he wants cops to be killed. I guarantee he's crazy smart. I'm sure he's smarter than I am. But Probably smarter than almost everybody. Grossly lacking in wisdom and understanding of humanity. Just as his ideology is like a, a, a hormonal teenager. His, his, ideology, his ideology is run off with his common sense. You see it all the time. We have a follow-up on that, don't we? At some point. Uh, but you're right. You're oh, right. yeah, that's right. I need to get to that. Yeah, we should, we should do that next, because I know a lot of people are really into that story. We get texts every day. What's the latest on Professor Clover? Yeah, so Hanson, we may ask your assistance in that because you've been keeping an eye on that behind the scenes. And we have a really interesting email from a cop who reached out to the University of California, Davis, and said, Hey, what's going on with this professor of yours that wants me and my uh, my coworkers murdered? Can you get a response? Oh, well, you got a response. Okay, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Good text about wisdom versus intelligence. The wise man avoids what the intelligent man can get himself out of. Huh? The wise man avoided it in the first place. I get it. Intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Mm, huh? Indeed. Indeed. And the very latest in rub and tug news. Oh, boy. <laughs> Robert Kraft to be arraigned in Florida court next month, and I saw a guy yesterday who got caught up in that sting who wasn't guilty. Finally got exonerated yesterday. Some poor regular working guy somehow got named as one of the people that they had video of going to that massage parlor. He's married with kids, He and he is horrified. I saw him yesterday giving this speech about how he had his name ruined in the public, and his kids don't look at him the same way, and all these different things. Was and, he just driving away from the... No, uh, he was he was in Chicago at the time on a business oh. trip. How, how his name got in there, he has no idea. Neither does seem to be anybody else. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I think he overreacted Sneezing a fit. So, I uh, got this note... Um, from a cop who, like us, was um, really disturbed by this Professor Joshua Clover, the University of California, Davis, who was openly in class, as well as online, advocating the murder of police officers. 
He would do interviews, and he'd say, yeah, some people say police need to be reformed. They need to be killed. He's called for the abolition of all police as well, so he's obviously just a nut. But he's employed, teaching his Marxist poetry. Well, I didn't think you could advocate murder and keep your job anywhere doing anything. Well, yeah, you can't advocate specific murders of specific people, but roses are red. A class of people. None of this is yours. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some roses Marxist. are red. So is the government. Hooray. <laughs> um, and so we've uh, we've joined with various people to put pressure on the university, including a California assemblyman we talked to earlier. And uh, there are many thousands of electronic signatures now on a uh, on a what do you call it? A, uh, you know, the list of signatures. <laughs> Petition, petition to uh, get this guy uh, can shoved out, and and you should know we we don't we never do that. No, nope. we don't call for nope. people to lose nope. their jobs. Nope. That's way overdone the modern world. And because you're slightly annoyed, you think somebody should lose their job. Even if he had said that, if he comes out and and said, no, 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 I you know I got caught up in the whole, you know, somebody'd been shot. I thought the police were wrong. I I way way over the line. I shouldn't have said that. I don't think that. Okay, fine. And We're then, done. We're then done made a, a forceful and intelligent argument for police need to be held to higher standards, et cetera, et cetera. All right, fine. But this is you got, mouthed this, off. You're apologizing. That's honorable. That should be the standard right. for everyone in America. But this is this guy's solid, hardcore beliefs that police should be murdered, right. which is crazy. So here's what accountability is like in virtually any government, uh, you know, a bureaucracy, but certainly a university. It was a note from a, a very experienced cop who we will uh, uh, refer to as Al Anonymous, um, who was going to sign the petition, but then thought, you know, I probably shouldn't for career reasons. And it's truly a sign of our times that the professor can publicly make unconscionable and dangerous statements while being supported by his employer and the government. But an officer who is... uh, Impacted by those statements is fearful of departmental discipline and Public Records Act's response if I actually use my name. So I'd better not, he says. But, he says, I called UC Davis. That's a good point. First call. I reached the UC Davis phone tree, found out that Joshua Clover has been removed from the directory. Second call. I found that Gina Bloom, head of Clover's English department, has also been removed from the directory. She's the one that uh, was really hesitant to answer any questions from... Well, anybody, but the reporter that broke this story. Look, right. I'm very busy, she said. And said, your, your questioning is flimsy. I'm not going to give you any of my time. We have quotes. His own quotes from his own Twitter. He's standing by his statements. Third call to the main English department uh, number rang and went unanswered with a message that said all calls between 9 and 12 and 1 and 3 would be answered. It was 145. It was not answered. Fourth call to main operator. Pleasant woman answered. I advised I wanted to file a a complaint against Professor Clover. She remained pleasant and transferred me to another pleasant and helpful woman who transferred me to a third. She explained that she was unaware of an act of her open investigation, but that she would research and call me back. She also provided me the email to the campus provost, um, etc., and hasn't heard back a thing, naturally. Um... Want you to know I work in the Bay Area, and the view that police should be disbanded for societal benefits is not hard to find at protests, city council meetings, and police oversight meetings. Um, so he puts up with that. We need to disband, disband the police, man. He puts up with that all the time, but he draws the line at calling for my murder, as he writes it. What was that man thing you did there? Sort of insinuating some sort of hippie lifestyle. 
If you can't follow my brilliant characterizations, I'm not going to slow down the show to explain them to you. Good art puts the burden of interpretation on the on the consumer, Jack. Gotcha. Oh, 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 and this uh, officer of the law, he has asked for, and I think he gets credit for suggesting the podcast name for our long-form interviews, Armstrong and Getty Extra Large. He's the guy who suggested it. Thank you very much. So, Officer Al, okay, credit. He demands 10% of the profits. <laughs> profits. That's funny. <laughs> so, I'll send you a check, Al. <laughs> you have a professor that advocates cop killing. You take his name off the uh, the, the register so you can't call him. Right. And, and he's on sick leave. I'm feeling <clears throat> under the weather, he says. And he gets to just not work. So weak. I was thinking about the uh, the idea of a sabbatical the other day. <laughs> How great would that? How hilarious is that? Every single person listening who isn't in academia. I got the a idea of... that you just get to disappear for six months or a year, do other stuff, recharge your batteries, then come back to selling insurance. I got a couple professor friends who did their sabbaticals just in the last couple of years. They loved it. How would you really? Not? Why? How would you not? <laughs> Unblank and believable. <laughs> Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Democrats infighting over the anti-Semitism resolution. Trump and the Dems are battling over presidential debates and more from the second day of R. Kelly's over-the-top interview. And kids and their parents have to go into catastrophic debt for the right of sitting there being indoctrinated by a bunch of Marxist lunatics. That's great. It's a great deal. Love universities these days. Marshall's News next. We'll try to calm Joe down. God damn it! You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Trying to get out through all our news stories today because Friday morning we won't be here. We're speaking at a highly prestigious talk radio convention in Los Angeles. You should take your monocle. Oh, that's a oh, great that idea. Nice. Wear my monocle. You want some respect? That'll impress people. And as long as I don't talk, they'll assume I'm pretty smart. <laughs> but anyway, so we got to get our story. behavior on a you know speaking engagement. That's true. We are speaking yes, to talk radio. Host. Jack, would you like to add to that point? <laughs> no, no. I really. just take out my monocle, shine it up a little, and put it back in my eye. Do a whole like Penn and Teller thing. Just Joe does all the talking. <laughs> you right. do some, some gesturing in the background. Super. Great. Um, but so we got to get all our stories out today, including this one. Biden's candidacy plan is almost complete. He's prepared his 2020 kicked off, securing staff, alerting top Democrats that he plans to run. Oh, so, goody. I think that's, that's going to be a game changer. Also, a, a quick note, uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes note. Got this note from Chris about, uh, here's a great band name. Listen, on the whole, that's a good band name thing. We don't miss them when we don't point them out, necessarily. We just realize if we did that gag 30 times a day, it wouldn't be funny anymore. So, thank one you for your t- submissions. One would tire. <laughs> He's got the monocle in The again, monocle folks. is speaking, yes. So, uh, <laughs> we know what we're doing, okay? We don't need the help. On the other hand, this note from Chris and the article attached is an unbelievable band name. And I suggest you do not have coffee in your mouth when I read it to you at the end of the news. Stay with us. Okay. News I don't want to oversell it. You have. You've set the standard very high. Says you, Monocle. 
News now with Marsha Phillips. After putting it off for a few days, the I'm House... I'm going to get Jack a crumpet, whatever that is. The House <laughs> is expected to vote today on a resolution condemning hate speech. I'm it... against hate speech also, whatever that is. speech. See, the problem is, what is hate speech? Yeah. Oh, well, now we've got a very difficult problem, because we can't figure out a definition of hate speech. So... It's not as simple as it sounds. Uh, It started out as a proposed resolution condemning anti-Semitism, but has expanded amid many disagreements among the Democrats. The original resolution on anti-Semitism was aimed at recent comments by Minnesota Democrat Ilan Omar. Last week, the freshman Muslim lawmaker accused pro-Israel advocates of pushing allegiance to a foreign country and then said American lawmakers' lack of criticism for Israeli policies was all about the Benjamins. And those are those are anti-Semitic tropes, we're told, Marshall. And she was spanked twice by her caucus. Yes. This is the third time. But as you're reporting, I'm sure the effort to pass a resolution against anti-Semitism yes. has descended into chaos. Yes. I'm tired of hearing the word trope, but uh, I didn't know it was Saying a trope. Saying you're tired of hearing trope is a trope of racists. Uh, claiming that somebody's into a policy because it's about the money is is often the case. It's often true, and, yeah. and, and, and often why somebody's supporting a policy. Well, and the pro-Israeli lobby spends a hell of a lot of money, so it's not a completely irrelevant point. Right. President Trump's going... Oh, you're not done with that story? Cause I, oh, it, go ahead. Because it, it descended into chaos where yes. um, a, a bunch of people said, yes, we must pass this. Then uh, uh, some other people said, yeah, well, then we have to add, we're also against anti-Muslim bias in defense of Ms. Omar. Right. Uh, Jonah Goldberg pointing out, um, that's exactly what you called racist when people said black lives matter and other people said all lives matter. You said that was racist because it was detracting from what we're talking about. So what are you doing? And then you had a bunch of people screaming, well, Republicans say bad stuff all the time. We ought to be concentrating on that. And somebody yelled, the president says racist stuff. Why are we punishing our own member? Blah, blah, blah. And then everybody started to get mad at old lady Pelosi. Because the wording, Old Lady Pelosi. Because the wording of the draft resolution got to their districts before they'd even seen it, so they had people in their district saying, "What the hell are you doing?" They're like, "We don't know," and so it's just degenerated into yes. a virtue signaling yes. intersectional enlightenment <laughs> off, and it's hilarious. How is Biden if he's he is currently the head of the polls? But doesn't get right. much attention because he's not actually in. But if he jumps in and he's still at the top of the polls, he'll have to comment on all this stuff. And this is not the world he grew up in. Oh, no. No. So I'll, no. I'll be interested to see how he handles He is it. completely ill-equipped for this crap. Uh, I will tell you this, though. At this point, a poll, and I heard somebody say this. I thought it was beautifully summarized. The polls at this point are polls of who's the most famous. And that's it. I fully 100% agree. Having gone through the Rudy Giuliani phase, the uh, Jeb Bush phase, where they were the most well. But Trump jumped to the top of the polls day one when he announced with the most name recognition and stayed at the top of the polls, clear on through being the president. So sometimes, He's not making America great again. He's making America orange again. <laughs> Oh, Marco, that one-day phase of your campaign was the best thing ever. We got to bring that up with our friend Lonnie, because he was in the Rubio campaign at that time, and they were discussing whether or not that was a good idea and looking at the -the behind-the-scenes polls and stuff. We should bring that up, because it's pretty interesting. We have. I have. not on the air. Oh, okay. No? Okay. R. Kelly, back behind bars in Chicago, already facing charges of sexual abuse. Kelly's been jailed because he can't pay his child support. 
In the second part of her interview with Kelly, Gail King asked him about not paying that support. How can I pay child support? How? If my ex-wife is destroying my name and I can't work, how can I work? How can I get paid? How can I take care of my kids? How? Your ex-wife Use says, your common sense. Your ex-wife says Three, you abused her, Robert. 13 lines. 13 years being married. I flew in on a helicopter. Yes. yes. What? Can so, somebody get us some tissue? I don't want no tissue. What, what happened there at the end? He's just blubbering and yeah. he couldn't catch his breath. Right. And he's, he's living with two very young women at this point, one of whom says her parents pimped her out to him. Underage. Underage, exactly, yes. And he's been accused by many women now of rape and imprisonment. And there's a new gal uh, from Detroit who says he started having sex with her when she was 13. And like many of his other victims, he gave her herpes. And so, yeah, yeah, sorry for the uh, the, the emotional breakdown there, Bob, but... Go to jail. So was the child support thing just, we got to find something to put him in jail for. Because that's been around. He hadn't paid his child support for all these years. I think they just thought, just, there's got to be a lot of public pressure. Because I felt the same way. How's this guy not in jail? The things he's done, the way he's acting. Allegedly. He hasn't been convicted, Jack. Are you for jailing without convictions? What kind of American they are you? Came up a way to hold him. Good. Uh, have you seen the picture making the rounds of Gail King? So when uh, R. Kelly jumps up and is right. flailing around right. and being all crazy, she's just sitting there looking straight ahead with no expression on her face, which I wouldn't have been doing. Yeah, I'd have been keeping an eye on his hands. After, Are you about well, to attack we got to get reaction shots. The camera's over there. You're not a pro like she is. After the interview, King was asked about being worried when he got out of his chair and was ranting away. What about the moment when he actually got out of his chair? Yeah. Did, did that change at all? Were you feeling uncomfortable? No, I wasn't feeling uncomfortable. I was thinking, where is he going? I, I was thinking, <laughs> you know, I was really thinking, I hope he's not leaving. I have some more questions. That's what I was thinking. Mm. There you go. That's a pro. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Captivated America and got a lot of ratings for CBS, though. Some singer that I barely know of and don't care about, and he'll go to prison and whatever. Will they be seeking out more uh, unstable, lunatic child rapists for extended interviews? Because that's exciting. Well, if Jacko was still alive, he'd be the interview, wouldn't he? Oh, man. He'd be hunkered down. Old Jacko. Or up in my tree, my giving tree. Oh, boy. Oh, you know, we got this note from somebody who went to the uh, Cirque du Soleil thing in uh, Vegas. The uh, Jacko show, whatever they call it. And he said it's mostly just about the music and people twisting themselves into unholy shapes and swinging around. You've seen the Cirque du Soleil thing. Right, I'm familiar with it. He said, but there are videos of Jacko interspersed talking about... How children are the hope okay. for the future. No, you can't and there's nothing more that. special than caring for children. You can't continue doing that. Yeah. That's got to yeah. go. I'm surprised it's going right now. They well, haven't pulled yeah. the plug on that? I don't know. It, it wasn't like he was there yesterday. I don't I don't remember when he said he oh, was. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, for instance, want to surround myself with children. Yeah. How about yeah, you we do, know. Jacko? You might get away with playing the music. You can't get away with him talking oh. about his children's charities. I almost for the uh, the band name thing. Okay. Turn off the music, Michael. I said I'd do it at the end of news. Turn I'm going to do it. <laughs> you don't even have to read the story. It's right there in the uh, the headline. It's about a uh, a jellyfish like creature that eats food and releases waste like any other animal does. 
but it doesn't have a way to eliminate waste until it has waste to eliminate. And the headline includes the scientific term for this. It's the first known discovery of this. <clears throat> Creature discovered with a transient anus that only appears when it is needed. And uh, Chris uh, writes, feel free to use this uh, as your next uh, band name. It's my new heavy metal band, I'm Transient guess, Anus. I'm guessing they're not neo-folk. <laughs> no. Probably a little harder than that. No, oh, they're heavy, man. They are heavy. They rock hard. <laughs> They leave a mark. <laughs> Transient anus. Yes, I heard you the first time. Yeah. The name of that biological phenomenon, Jack. Where is it? I don't know. Google having real problems with the gender pay gap in all kinds of interesting, weird ways. Oh, and yet another social justice warrior tying themselves up into not story. I love it. It is fantastic. Stay here. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'll say this, then then move on. Don't need to linger here. But the first Democratic debate is now four months away. Four months away. It's pretty soon. Got to admit, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Or is it three? It might be three. It's in June, I think. I this think makes me a bad person, but I'm looking forward to people failing miserably, going uh, down in flames. Ah, Stockenglieber. That's my man. <laughs> Hickenlooper? Yeah. I don't know anything about him. I just read some story about how somebody went on a hike with him, and the guy uh, survived uh, tremendous blisters, but kept soldiering on. Wow. That's the kind of guy He's a fine hiker. Who, who can is. That's the sort of hiking we need as a country. We need to hike over the problems that confront us and go down the other side or something. And you you pointed out that Cory Booker would totally be our first up-talking president. Right. That would be historical. Of course, we don't know that. For all we know, everybody up-talked back in the day. We There, there, there would be no records of that. Four score, seven years ago. It's possible that your founding father crowd up-talked. They might have. You think maybe George Washington had horrible vocal fry? And then we've got to cross the river and attack the Germans while they sleep. George, that seems kind of unfair. What are you going to do? It's war. <laughs> I hope not. It's war. So Google is twisting themselves into the not the trying to do the right thing. So it was uh, pretty hilarious in 2017 when it was uncovered that Google was paying men more than women in the same way that that happens all across the country for a lot of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. So the most woke company in America was doing exactly the same thing. Reminded me of when it was a big issue with the so-called gender pay gap, and then it was found out that in the Obama White House you had almost exactly the same thing going. And Google, at the same time, discovered they had many more male engineers than female and announced that that was purely the only possible explanation could be discrimination. And that James Damore fellow wrote that memo and said, no, it's not that at all, and get fired for it. But so there are some, there, there, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but there's, there's reasons that this happens, and it happens even among the Obama White House and the Google people who are 
clearly, you know, not a crowd that's out to make sure women don't get as much money because they don't need it or something. I don't know what you're even claiming. Right. It has a lot to do with life choices and hours worked and priorities and that sort of thing. And and I salute people, including women, who don't make making more money for a corporation the top priority in their lives. Good for you. But so that happened in 2017, and so Google tried so hard to correct that problem that is now out as a story that they're the reverse has happened. Now they get a bunch of men that are being underpaid for the same job women are doing. Oh, but that's okay. That's well, okay. They must not think it's okay. Because they're not, not a, a victim class. Now they're coming up with millions of dollars to try to correct no, that problem. No, but. it's okay to do what you claim to loathe if you do it to the right people. My my main takeaway would be it must not be as easy as everybody claims it is to try to come up with some sort of people get paid the same thing. No, you have to have an all-encompassing and all-seeing government bureaucracy to ensure that. You will apply to the government for a raise, not to your boss. But If I would... you're a rock star, you will get no raise because that will get your boss in trouble with the government. This is our brave new world. As Google becomes the very thing it claims to oppose. It's beautiful. I just love it so much. Level 4 software engineers, which is the biggest bulk of the biggest chunk. That's the uh, the bulge in the belly of the snake of employees at Google is level 4 software engineers. Um, men received less money than women last year. Mm. They tried to, they overcorrected. They swung too hard, which I assume they don't think is good either. I assume. Except some of men them, of the oppressor class. I'm sure. I'm sure some of them secretly like that, right? But you're not going to sure. say that out loud. I don't think. Well, and listen, you let the market deal with this. The market will deal with this. If Google has a compelling reason to want more women, turns out our searches are so dude related. Women don't use Google anymore. We need to get more women on on the board. Well, there aren't as many women engineers, so we're going to have to outbid everybody and get them. So we're going to have to pay women more. Go ahead. Do it. Um, And if dudes don't like it, they can go work somewhere else or they can work harder, be better at their jobs or whatever. And and if Google turns out to be some sort of oppressive horror, they'll suffer for it. I would like one day, if you're listening in the, uh, the Google area, I'd like one day. To be a level four coder. And I'd show up to work on time. And I would walk into my cubicle, I assume. <laughs> sit down. Yeah, cubicle. I'd sit down. <laughs> I think I'd turn on my computer. Or I you're maybe that's sitting at one start. of those long tables with a bunch of computers. And people have dogs and drinks and skateboards and stuff like that. <laughs> one of those shared workspaces. Exactly. But I think I'd sit down and turn on my computer. <laughs> and just look at it. So. Google hey, how uh, to code. <laughs> Hey, uh, Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy, it's, uh, what are you working on today? Oh, good, good, good. How'd you get started? Well, I was went to the, the Burbo place for parameter. No, I mean, literally, like, what was the first thing you did? <laughs> like, what's the icon on my, on my screen I need to click? I mean, I right. show up to the GM plant. I wouldn't know how to do it right, but okay, this is where the wheels go on. Right. Okay, I'll try to find the tool that puts a wheel what on. Do you it looks got, like, like there's bolts some bolts and stuff. There. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I could do that. Or I go into a, uh, an emergency room. Uh, the liver's got to come out. I know roughly where that is. Give me a scalpel. I imagine we got to cut through <laughs> the guy's skin, right? I wouldn't just sit there and stare at the body completely clueless but if i'm well it it would be a body soon but go on 
Or the car. Is there another example that would be the same as Google, where I would literally not have the slightest idea what the first thing is that I do? Right. (laughs) Just no idea. I think if I finally, if I suddenly found myself in a white lab coat at like the Hedron Collider or something... All right, we're going to see if we can uh, capture uh, quarks uh, <laughs> uh, materializing in a spot other than they were through the... Okay, so I guess, what do we turn this thing on? <laughs> Google it. Where, where are the quarks? Are they in a drawer or something? Where? How do we get them in here? But right? how could there be... I think they said there's 80,000 across the country. How could there be 80,000 people doing that? And I don't have the slightest idea what it is. Has that ever happened in human history? Where a father who has a son who turned nine today is going to head out in the workplace, and there are some of the most popular jobs. You don't, you don't even have the slightest idea what they are. Even when the motor car came along and it was new to people, you knew what it was. Well, you'd have you some had a idea. butter churn, so you understood <laughs> gears and, 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 and cranks and all sorts of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, You exactly. understood mechanics, basic mechanics. Best career for you out there would be doing this. I don't have the slightest idea what it is. I can't imagine what the coding looks like that makes it so that when you hit the space bar on your keyboard, the cursor moves one space. (laughs) I can't. That would take me weeks to learn. So, yeah. (laughs) And we we gripe when our uh, smartphone gets hung up for two seconds. But make sure you pay the men and the women the same, huh? And the declined states. Everybody should get paid the same. Absolutely. Pay them a little more. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.